Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Hey, welcome aboard, everyone. It's another episode of My Ship Story Podcast. I'm Brad. I'm your host today. Got with me, Scott and Eric. Scott, what's going on? Got anything exciting and new? Yeah, actually. Exciting uh, and new. Exciting and new. I just got a notification today. I forgot all about it. I put in for a commercial, a national commercial for Uber, um, since I'm Uber driver and stuff. And just out of the blue, they uh, are interested. So September 1st at 2 p.m., I have a a 20-minute interview. When I'm done with that, a, um, a casting deal for another deal for the same casting agent for this because they're interested in other stuff and i'm like cool i'll go anywhere i'm fully vax boosted i got my passport up to date i can you know anywhere you want to go oh look what i got here today yeah because visual stuff is always oh, oh you, you got, got your yours. i got my mug thank you jason colker for the my ship story mug i i'll bet mine will be in a day or two probably since I'm, yeah since maybe. i'm a little little far farther out in the sticks but yeah. uh yeah. what's going on eric got anything exciting my stuff isn't as exciting but um my house hits the market on friday oh yeah and you uh, talked about photographs so do you hire is it recommended that you hire somebody to take absolutely. photographs absolutely do not okay. let if your agent is going to take pictures of your house fire your agent immediately <laughs> especially immediately. with an iphone yes they it does not look you need a professional to come take pictures so yeah that was yesterday took a while but getting the house ready and the clean you know cleaning it and decluttering as much as possible it was just, it's just been nuts. You got your love letter already to go? Oh, wait, is that what it's called? Uh, no, I don't need a love letter. They, they, I mean, this is, love letters are written to people, to sellers from buyers when they really oh. want a house and it's competitive. I live out, I do, I live in the halfway sticks, I'm going to say nowhere near like where Brad lives, but I'm out there as well. So I'd be shocked that we get, too many offers, even though it's, you know, it's a nice house. I think it's a kind of, uh, it's a bit of a unique home and situation. So I don't expect we're going to get a ton of offers, but who knows? You never know. Best of luck. What about Brad there in Faye? Thank you. What? Oh, I just got back from Las Vegas. Oh, that's Um, right. I was, yeah, that reminds, that reminds me, can I borrow some money? for me guys <laughs> just a, just a couple of hundred just to get me through the next week um, <laughs> uh-oh you didn't go with your plan of only spending so much money blew the 401k out there so that didn't work out i was going to double that you know double my retirement but it didn't didn't quite work out for me you know the dice didn't quite roll my way but uh you know <laughs> we 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 had a good time anyway so what anyway. a shock that's the way it goes in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's get to our guest. We got an exciting guest on. We've got another cruise director on, so that's always good. That's always going to be a fun show. So, welcome to the podcast, Kirk Detweiler. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Hi, Kirk. Thanks, man. Hey, hey, I'm Kirk um, Detweiler. This is my ship story. Is that is that cute? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but that's Not all right. Yet, Get it but... in. Get it in. Um, okay. So I, I'm I'm 99.9% sure that we were on a ship together 
Although I would be shocked if you remembered me because I think it was early on and you were higher up there and I was just a lowly purser and probably somebody that was uh, probably either in the back office or working nights or something like that. But um, uh, well, I, what, don't, what ship? I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, what, years, what years are you talking about? And I'll tell you what. You may not remember the year. Well, either. I'm going to ask you and then we'll, no. we'll, piece, we'll so start piecing Brian it was together. 91 okay. through 96, the same as me, 91 through 96 or 90. Yeah. No, no, 91. He 91. At the same time. 91. So Brad 91. and I worked 91 through 96 on Royal. And then Scott was 92 through 99. And I know I didn't work with you, but I know your name. And I think I know everybody knows who you are. I think we just missed each other on whatever ship. Empress, Monarch, Majesty, briefly on the Sovereign. And my last ship was the Song of America. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, why don't you well, just you just tell us how it all happened for you, how you got started working on ships. How did it happen? Yeah, go for it. My name is Cook Joe. This is my ship story. I used to get mad at my friends on ships. The cruise director would work four months on, two months off. I would tell my friends, you know, we'd go out. Oh, so we're going to go to Bucky's with my friend Scott, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, please don't tell him what I do. Just say, this is Kirkman's a friend we know for each other from blah, blah, blah. Please don't tell him what I do. Then I'm going to be wrapped into this 45-minute uh, question and answer thing uh, in a conversation that I had 100 times a week with every passenger <laughs> that I encountered. So I said, I'm on vacation. I don't want to talk about what I do. So this is kind of like a, kind of like a, a recreation of that. But I haven't told this story in a while, so. Here's the difference. You're not having a conversation with some land person that you start telling stories and they start, their eyes start glazing over. We've, we've been there. We know it. We can relate. Yeah. So that's, that's so the difference on this. You guys, so. yeah, everybody's been in the same, in the same boat. No yeah. pun intended. So, well, I started uh, right out of college, uh, pretty much one year out of college. Where'd you go? I went to Kent State. Wow. Um, graduated in 1984, and I spent my first year out of college working as a singer-dancer for a production company out of Cocoa Beach, Florida. It doesn't exist anymore. It's called uh, Musicana, kind of a series of dinner theaters, Vero Beach, West Palm Beach, Orlando and uh, Callaway Gardens in Georgia. So I did that for a year, but they had one gig, which was they provided the entertainment for American Hawaii cruises out of Honolulu. I did two contracts there as a singer-dancer. The cast of four, we stayed together for about a year and a half. Musicana got a, a gig with what was known as Admiral Cruises at the time. And so we did a contract on the star dancer. I got to be friends with the cruise director there and the entertainment director. When my contract was up, they kind of talked to me, hey, you want to come back as crew staff? And about three months later, I came back as crew staff and uh, I was going to do it for a year, save some money. And then I just kept getting promoted. <laughs> Suddenly, That's all, I'm that's all of our stories. Right? I know. I'll, I'm just going to do one contract and then I'll just go back. That's it. And five years later, six, seven I, or however long. Being the dazzling person that I am, I just kept getting promoted. <laughs> so it's like I'm production manager, assistant cruise director, through a series of very strange events. I mean, it was very serendipitous. I was working for Admiral Cruises. I, I came back just doing six six week fills. I was doing cruise staff, I was doing assistant cruise director, whatever they needed. I happened to come back for six week fill as assistant cruise director. I had moved to LA. I had these ambitions to be the next Michael J. Fox. I was going to be an actor. I was taking acting classes. I was doing, I was doing singing telegrams as my job. I mean, and after doing that for about three months, I'm like, yeah, the ships don't sound that bad. So I was there only six weeks to be assistant cruise director, give somebody a vacation. When I think the cruise director on the other ship got fired, they took Ken Rush. He was the cruise director. He had just become cruise director. This is 1989. 
and they put him on the Emerald Seas. And they're like, Kirk, starting in 12 hours, you're going to be cruise director. I'm like, I was like, I didn't sleep for a month. But at this point, I was 27 years old. And I I looked like I was 16. I swear until I was 40. I don't know how many comments I got. We like the cruise director, but he's too young. I'm like, what can I do? That's not a bad thing to have. That's no, not a I bad problem being, to have. Could be a lot I, worse. I, remember being, I was so excited to turn 30. You know, it's just like, ah. Um, and I remember like one lady coming up to me and going, can I ask you a question? How old are you? You look young and you present yourself well and you act mature, but you still have acne. So, <laughs> like, well, I think I'm 30. I was 30 at the time. Anyway. Thank you. Uh, hey, fuck you very much. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I was just happy to be uh, to be 30 and, uh, I, and then I was happy to turn 40 and not get those comments anymore. From 91 on, I you know, uh, was with Royal Caribbean and for 20 years, so 2011. So, wow. yeah. So in the years you guys worked there, like 91, 92, 93, I worked Emerald Seas, Nordic Prince, Sun Viking, Song of America, till 93. Yeah, it was pretty much that. And then Rhapsody of the Seas, 97. So... So although I like, you know, like Scott said, I knew your name because obviously the, the fleet wasn't that big. So like right. you got to know and people would mention, have you worked with so-and-so? And so we didn't well, work. But... Yeah, I worked. I, I gave Gordon Rothman a vacation uh, when he was doing Sun Viking in Asia right before it was sold. So it was, that, that was, I think that was 96. Yeah, that was my last, that was my last tour. I left in January of 96. Um, and it was, uh, I, I, I had a good time on Sun Viking. That's a nice little ship. I love Sun Viking. Um, I wanted to ask you about Silver Seas because I don't think we've had anybody on from Silver Seas yet. Um, what was your, what was the, it was a smaller ship. What was the kind of the passenger count on that? At the time they had three different size ships. They had the small ship. Oh, well, they had the okay. explorer ship that, uh, I think they still have two explorer ships that go like to uh, Antarctica, and they hold like 100 people. I mostly worked on the Silver Shadow, which held like 380 was max. And then they have two smaller ships, Silver um, Cloud, Silver Silver Wind, that held 280. And then they had, they built two or three more ships since I left. But the Silver Spirit uh, was five, I think 535. So they were small. They were, you know, they were competing with um, Seaborn. And what was your staff like? Did you just have one or two people helping you out as far as crew staff or something like that? Yeah, I had two international hostesses. They basically were a combination of hostesses and uh, the international pursers or international hosts. I think Royal Caribbean started having somebody always at the desk that could answer questions in three different languages. So they did, they usually were German or I worked with a girl from Lithuania, Brazilian, but normally they had a Spanish, German, French, like the key languages all in one. They were my hostesses. They did the um, daily newspaper, the Chronicle. So they did the foreign language chronicles and then, but they did their little napkin folding classes and uh, little things hostesses do. Then I had six singers. Originally, they were all American. It was a production company that was uh, contracted out. It was very old fashioned. It was Royal Caribbean, Sun Viking. I had six singer dancers who also did crew staff. But they were very limited. What they could, I could only use them for like four things. Golf putting, cocktail parties, embarkation and debarkation, and maybe one other thing. They're very limited. So it's like basically the cruise director. If you had any activities at all, I did golf putting, ping pong tournaments, trivia, occasionally trying horse racing. Oh yeah, the hostesses did do, did do bingo. Bingo for ship's prizes, yeah. Uh, oh, but yeah. Bingo I for ship's bingo. prizes. Oh, wow. <laughs> but these were, it was a very expensive, the average uh, cost to get on the ships is like $1,000 per person per day. 
So it's it's an older crowd. They're retired. They're retired doctors, lawyers, CEOs, financiers. So very wealthy people, a lot of smart people. So see, what was kind of cool about it, me not having any language skills at all, is pretty much made up of Brits, Americans, and Australians. And a lot of times it was like 30% of each, 10 different t- different countries. But uh, English was the overriding language. So I, that's one reason I left Royal Caribbean is because Charlie McDonald at the time was like, you know, they were becoming Royal Caribbean International. And I I didn't, I speak English. He goes, you're going to be in the Caribbean and Alaska for the rest of your career. He was urging me to at least learn Spanish. And I'm like too lazy. I'm like, can't teach an old dog new tricks. No, to to, to anyway. speak to learn a language later on in life with I mean to speak it fluently, it's a huge challenge. I mean, and especially like the way that you have to speak as a cruise director to get to that level of another language would be yeah, I mean, super, super difficult. And I'm your typical lazy American. <laughs> but you know, I worked I, I brought up uh, the adventure of the seas. So we had a lot, and it was out of Puerto Rico. So we had a lot of Puerto Ricans there. So I learned key phrases like on the gangway, you know, have your cruise card in hand or, you know, we had ice tickets. I'm like, Guardalo, El Bileto, you know. And so I, I, I knew key phrases I could get by. Just there's no way I could do a debarkation talk in, in any language. Uh, so. so limited limited Spanish, like where's the bathroom, more nachos, give me another beer and, and take my picture. And how much is this? That doesn't count. Take it was. Uh, and take you know, your shirt off. Take, take your shirt, shirt off. Hold, I learned how to say in Spanish, keep a hold of your ice ticket because on the back is a descuenta por el bar. <laughs> we had a bar, dollar off a bar. Yeah, if you guys ever worked at big ships that had ice rinks, there was no place to put your glasses. And they were always complaining that uh, they could, the bar always did poorly at, at uh, Studio B because... I said, why don't we put like a dollar off coupon on the back? And there you go. Okay. So we, I mean, obviously with all these years you've worked on ships, there has to be some, quite some memorable moments that you've had that, you know, you can share with us. Share with us. Well, I, you want to hear about a murder, missing yeah. person? Sure. Uh, yes. All of uh, it. Both. All, both of those. We're like the ship version of my favorite murder. So we want to hear all those gory <laughs> stories. <laughs> He's like, well, you want to hear about a murder? <laughs> yes. All right, here we go. So it was Valentine's Day, 1988, and I was a crew staff on the Star Dancer. We were pulling in. We were doing seven days in Mexico, coming from Cabo San Lucas, and we were we pulling into San Pedro. Usually the ship, you know, if you work the Viking Serenade, the side thrusters were, you know, the whole ship, just, you know, this is fine. It, that would be our alarm clock. Well, about 10 o'clock in the morning, I suddenly, you know, I was supposed to do debarkation. I get awakened at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, it's debarkation. And it's my friend, Mike Beasley, who's a cruise dad with me. He goes, get up, we got to do bingo. I'm like, well, it's debarkation. And he's like, we're not in port yet. He's like, Barry, just call me. We got to do bingo. Okay, that's great. Let's do bingo. So we, we had no idea why. And we didn't get into San Pedro till about noon. And the FBI was there. I don't remember what they told the passengers. I know the captain came on and said, sorry, we're late. I don't remember what he told them. But the story was, a woman had gone missing. What had happened the night before, I think one o'clock in the morning, this man, probably early 30s, found his way to the bridge, is knocking frantically on the door of the bridge saying, oh, my wife, me me and my wife were jogging and the wind blew her overboard. The <laughs> yeah, right officers now. Like looking and it's like, yep, hmm, no. mm, uh, that's the, the worst excuse. That was the first red flag. He's like, there was only four knots wind. And he's like, okay. 
Anyway, so they, I think they turned the ship around and, and they spent a few hours looking for her. And this is, this is obviously why we were late. Well, they decided they, you know, didn't find her. So we had to get back to San Pedro. So the FBI comes on and they do their investigation because it's an American citizen uh, lost its lost at sea. What they what they did notice was that the husband had scratches on his face. Like, how did you get those scratches? Well, I tried to save my wife and she's trying to grab while she fell. The Coast Guard found her body the next day off of San Diego, except she was wearing a cocktail dress and high heel shoes. So his jogging story didn't pan out. Uh, fast forward wow. a couple of years. Um, this guy gets, uh, you know, he's in prison. For, but they were a honeymoon couple and he ended up, they got an argument and he strangled her and then he he dumped her, her body overboard. Oh my God. So, but the thing was, I mean, if you remember the start of this, the Vikings serenaded not, did not have balconies. So if he did that on deck, maybe, but, or if he did it in the cabin, he had to drag her body to to the closest uh, open deck. I'm so just anyway. shocked that they actually found the body. So he must have been just come sailing out, like not too far out of L.A., I would guess. Yeah, I mean, we were, I guess, off San Diego, headed to L.A. when when this all happened. So I think they wow. probably knew the coordinates and they probably gave the coordinates to the Coast Guard of like, you know, when he... Oh, when... when assuming that he cameras. went right away. So I think the Coast Guard knew where to look. And if she was a floater, there she goes. Oh, wow. wow. Okay, this goes back to remember that story I was telling you guys that this guy oh, yeah. did this the research. Yeah, yeah, he did he created an algorithm of how things float in the water. And so he figured out how a human floats and which direction they would go based on the currents and all that. The winds, the currents, and, the time and, of day and this and... person has been able to, by his research, been able to save like I mean hundreds of people because. As long as they know more or less where they went overboard, they can use that algorithm to kind of track where they where they should look. Yeah, it's pretty and now crazy. they and now all of the ships use it, and they have like a ninety eight percent recovery number yeah. or whatever it is. Hey, let's uh, let's get back. So, Kirk, <laughs> did anything ever happen to you that you were involved in that was kind of crazy? Uh, I can tell you my, the very last my last thirty one days on a ship. It was kind of scary. Everybody, anybody who was on the ship during COVID probably has a crazy story. Um, when did you leave? Was it just after COVID started? Oh, I got home April seventh, twenty twenty. Okay, oh, wow. yeah, oh, right, like right when the uh, industry shut down, pretty much. Remember Charlie McDonald? Charlie McDonald left yeah. Procriven and he started coming to Spark Cooperative. He he does stuff for Virgin now, but he he's a contractor, so he his company's called spark cooperative but anyway he got the entertainment contract of a a new cruise line i think it started in 2019 uh called jalesh and it was um jorgen uh God, what's his name he used to be fnb at royal caribbean jorgen somebody anyway he's ceo and he created this uh cruise line called jalesh it was out of mumbai and it was uh, it was marketed to indians i got hired there to replace luke right at the time luke aerosmith and james um, Andrews were kind of trading that job off when James was supposed to get married. I went there to cover his marriage because Luke couldn't do it. They event uh, James eventually quit. He actually got hired back by Royal Caribbean and then COVID hit. So we never went back to Royal Caribbean, but I took over as entertainment director for Jalesh when uh, James left. Anyway, so I was there when COVID hit. So we were doing um, two and three day cruises out of Mumbai, just going to Goa and back. And we had one cruise that went from uh, Mumbai to Dubai. That is when India shut down. That was, we got to Mumbai on March 
5th, I believe, 2020, we were supposed to have a charter cruise, then that cruise and that group canceled because of because of COVID. Dubai was pretty cool. We didn't have to wear masks or anything in Dubai. Uh, India didn't have many uh, COVID cases at the time, but they panicked and completely shut down. Um, so by the time we got back, we got back to, I guess we were in Dubai March 1st. That cruise got canceled. So we got back to Dubai March 5th and they wouldn't let us dock. They let us dock and then like these people and these doctors in hazard suits came on and made all the crew get temperature. But then they made it. We had no cases of COVID on board, but they made it. They wouldn't let us. We didn't have any passengers on board, but they wouldn't let disembarking crew leave. They just made us go about a mile out and just dock. We didn't know what was going on. You know, at that time, you thought, okay, India was going to shut down for 14 days and COVID was going to disappear. If everybody wore a mask and, you know, stayed at home after 14 days, you didn't have it, you're clear. We know how that turned out. There were crew members who actually stuck about six months. Was this when everybody was parked out by themselves and then they wouldn't let anybody go anywhere? And then the cruise lines, I think in general, kind of took it upon themselves to transfer the different nationalities and repatriate. Exactly. I know that's what Royal Caribbean did. Well, Jalash only had one ship. 98% of the crew was Indian. About half of them lived in Mumbai. So after about a week, they let us dock in the Indians who lived in Mumbai got to go home and they made us go back out. I saw something on CNN.com that uh, the State Department in the U.S. was conducting all these rescue flights to get Americans home who were stranded in, in remote places. There were eight Americans. There's seven singers and myself. Where there were eight Americans on board. So I actually wrote to my senator, Sherrod Brown, uh, one of his staffers wrote back and recommended and gave me like the link to the State Department where we, uh, so I got us eight home about three weeks later. Uh, so we, I flew home April 6th, got home April 7th. I was stuck on the ship for 31 days. At the time, we didn't know. We went day by day. We did, I, If I would have known I'm going to be stuck here for 31 days, it probably would have been a, a worse experience. But we were going day by day. Oh, what's happening tomorrow? What's happening tomorrow? And we were charged with um, the, the um, entertainment department. We're, we we just started doing entertainment for the crew. So we did all of our shows. We played movies. We did, you know, we did a cricket tournament. We did ping pong tournament. You know, we did karaoke, you know, so we entertained ourselves. And I bet the, the food was amazing. Well, if you like Indian food, which I yes. do, it was fabulous. Kirk, I mean, 20, at least 25 years on board. Is that about right? 35. 35. Okay. Yeah, 19, it's maths. 1985, maths are hard. 1985 to 2020. Oh, wow. 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 Well, That's a long time. So all that time on, on board, do you have a favorite port? Um, I will have to say, um, I, for, I did 20 seasons in Alaska. So as far as an itinerary, wow. I love Alaska. And people think I'm nuts because it's cooler up there. I'm American. It's not a foreign country. That's probably why I liked it because, you know, I was only there in 20 summers. So the rest of the time I was in foreign lands. So I had my fill of foreign countries. So I loved Alaska. My favorite port there would be Juneau. Otherwise, Italy. And I will say my favorite. It's not a port, but it was a destination. Nice. Florence, awesome. Italy, probably my favorite. Port. Not a bad, not a, not a bad That's, thing to do. I, I haven't love, been I there. So want to, so want to go. Let me ask you this. My favorite part of the show. Um, in your Here 35, <laughs> in your 35 years, uh, roughly on on, on sea, uh, on ships and stuff, did you ever hook up with a passenger? Counting, I'm counting. <laughs> yeah. You got to remember, too. You got to remember, like, it was, I mean, I started in 1985. Yeah, it was a different time then. There were no rules. I mean, the captain, yeah. 
And Hotel Dark, it would openly hook up with passengers. It was like, it was the love boat. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yes. So, okay. So the, the, so let me ask you this. When did you notice the lockdown where that changed? You did and you could. And then when did it happen where you're not supposed to, but you still did? When did oh. it change pretty hardcore? Are you talking about hooking up with passengers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where it was, yeah. The evolution. Well, it was. Yeah. It was Ninety percent um, of Scott's questions are going to be sex related. Just an <laughs> FYI. That's fine. Well, let me yeah. tell you. In the late '80s, um, it was a lot looser on. Uh, ad, well, I worked for American Hawaii for a year, and I swear to God, you know, in Hawaii, you know, the Maui Wowie, you go through the career area and you just smell pot. I think it was against the rules, but it wasn't really enforced. When I joined Admiral, and I was on the Azure Seas. We were doing three and four day cruises, you know, to Ensenada. It was kind of a competition between the crew staff guys who could hook up with the most passengers. And everybody was very open about it. That was, it was not, it was against the rules. If like you got caught, it was, you were too obvious about it. Or like the parents of the 17 year old girl complained. That wasn't me. <laughs> that didn't happen to me. That's the only time you'd get in trouble. When I got to Royal Caribbean, it was a lot more strict. Yeah, that was always verboten on Royal Caribbean. And then I, I you know, a lot less of that happened with me in Royal Caribbean. I usually would hook up with a dancer or something. Uh, you know, a staff member, uh, as opposed to a passenger, because that was, it was, you know, plus the cruise director lived in the officer corridor. So it's pretty tough to like sneak somebody into your room. Second part to my question before, um, where would you say the wildest or strangest place you did it on the ship? I took a girl to, uh, this is American Hawaii. I took a girl to the, 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 uh, the, bow. I the bow? people to the bow i would say the pointy end but i sound like a pastor. <laughs> I, took a girl. I don't think we actually did it but we made out there yeah. but it, which, it was, which it, means the bridge could see everything they could see but it was totally dark they probably were up there looking but yeah yeah it seems dark down there but they can they can see very yeah. clearly <laughs> i don't think actual penetration took place but <laughs> yeah um, did you uh, did you ever almost miss a ship? I don't think that ever happened to me. The closest probably was. Do you guys remember Bluffy's Dove Shack and and Saint Saint Thomas? No. There was a if you were going to Saint John on the other side of Saint Thomas, where the dock was. If you were going to take a ferry to Saint John, on the dock uh, there was a bar called Luffy's Duffy's Love Shack, and they would serve uh, shark tanks, which were actual plastic fish bowls, probably sixty four ounces, oh. and it was. It was all liquor and it had like a rubber shark in it that had a shot in its mouth. And, you know, <laughs> you, but we would do that sometimes if, um, you know, we had St. Thomas day, you know, it was somebody's birthday, a few of us would go there. And I think that's the only time I was kind of late and drunk off my rear end, <laughs> but uh, that's probably the only time I almost missed the ship. I never, uh, totally did or was that late. Okay, so we've just got a few minutes left. Um, so you've been on ships for a long time, a long, long time, more than a lot of our guests. Is there anything that you want to leave people with? I mean, now it sounds like you're pretty much off. Are you? Are you? You're not thinking about going back. You're. You're. Are you done? Uh, or? No. Well, no. After ships, actually, I started to Uber. I was an Uber driver for a while, and I was. Uh, see, when Gillette, when Gillette went out of business, we didn't know they were going out of business. So they said, okay, we're going to go back mid-June, mid-July. Mid, you know, they kept putting it back. So I never looked for a job. So I kind of like was painting people's houses and I started to Uber. 
And then finally, in October, we find out they went bankrupt and the ship had been seized. Within a month, though, Charlie McDonald, who hired me for Jalesh, got a contract at uh, Maho Beach Sinesta Resort in St. Martin. So he hired me to bring that out of COVID. I spent a year there. And not a bad and, place to be. St. Martin's a cool place. Yeah. And, and I had an open-ended contract there in my hometown. I'm in Marion, Ohio right now. Right about last summer, in my hometown, there's this very... It's almost a hundred year old uh, atmospheric theater. It is absolutely beautiful. You can look it up, marionpalace.org. It's a nonprofit theater. About a year ago, I guess, uh, the then executive director who'd been there for 22 years announced that she was retiring. Um, I had a couple of friends say, hey, you don't like St. Martin that much. Why don't you apply for this job? So I did. So I've been doing that since last November. So I'm the executive director of a nonprofit theater. And uh, I live right across the street from the theater. Awesome. And I'm loving it. So um, I thought about going back to ships, but I'd been up, you know, Jalesh doesn't exist anymore. They kind of rebranded themselves, but I don't think Charlie McDonald has anything to do with it. Uh, you know, the cruise lines, they, for, they're hiring their own people back first. So I was kind of left without a cruise line. And like for Silver Sea, they still don't have all their ships out. I don't, I don't know if any cruise line no, has. A lot. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of the cruise lines don't have all their ships fully operational. I know that one of the lines recently had to cancel some voyages on a ship because they didn't have enough crew because it's a struggle to get them back. I mean, can you imagine going to work like when they first started cruising again and crew could not go ashore? Well, I you think were stuck I, on not, the ships. I know. I think on Royal Caribbean, there still is. I don't Is it still like that? Because they was like for a good year. I had some friends who worked there and they're like, or then, oh. then they started letting, they would let a certain percentage off, like like 10% of the crew could get off. So people would line I-95. And when one person came back, the next person got to leave. Well, yeah, the, it was, the cruise line, that I, the cruise that I went on, Princess, um, uh, was it like a month ago, a month and a half ago or something? They were just now allowing a small handful of crew off um, every port. I mean, uh, not every port, but the home port. And that was it. Nobody could still get off in any of the islands unless yeah, you had good. some sort of duty, like you're doing sanitizer on the gangway or something. But that kind of yeah. defeats the whole purpose of wanting to work on a ship, right? I mean, yeah. a yeah. lot of it is the, you know, getting to go ashore in these ports and getting to do and, you know, all this crazy fun stuff that you do while in port. Um, so if you can't go ashore, oh, that's, that's rough. I mean, I guess nowadays they do have, you know, smartphones and you can, you can entertain yourself in other ways, but still, I mean, well, it takes I mean, being stuck, just being stuck on the ship in India for 31 days, you go crap cabin fever, you go nuts. So my whole year in, um, St. Martin, there were five, at least five ships that were permanently just, there was like four docks there and maybe three, maybe about seven or eight ships were there. They had to go somewhere. They weren't in service yet. Four, two or four would be docked in St. Martin at the time uh, to reprovision. And then they just kind of cruised around the island. Let me uh, um, just a, a couple of things before we go um, back to the ships when everything was pre-COVID. Do you remember any uh, pranks or shenanigans that you uh, were a part of, concocted, played on each other? That oh yeah, I mean, we was did, really know, good. Or didn't turn out too good. I mean, the, the, we did uh, the traditional ones like um, sending a new the new crew staff member to host the Bill W meeting with a bottle of champagne, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't water. heard that. We haven't heard that one. Before. <laughs> we haven't heard that one. And for those who don't know, the Bill W meetings are like an AA meeting. Yeah. yeah. And I think all of us uh, were, were at, at that stage where we were, you know, trying to direct people on the cruise compass. You know, when you first get we were uh, Eric and I were pursers. So they just kind of shove you out on the desk and give you a cruise compass and say, here's 
you know, here's where you answer most of the questions. And then people would come up and say, what is this Bill W meeting? And <laughs> we're like, what? what? I, I don't know. I, I don't know who like, Bill, who's Bill W. <laughs> well, I thought it was uh, uh, Bill Wittiak. Um, you know, when I was on the majesty, <laughs> I thought he had, he was some, you know, cause he, what he did, he worked in the video production and I'm like, he has his own meeting. It's in the compass. What, what's he doing? And I was like, that's pretty well. And then I got to say on build of you, you know, now that I know what that is friends of Dorothy, I was like, was that, you know, I was like, Hey, uh, a fan of, of wizard of Oz and you go there and it's friends of Dorothy. It's a gay meeting club. Yeah. But no, I, here's the funny story. Here's a right. funny story about bill W. I remember uh, you remember Karen Mayberry? Yeah, Mayberry was I worked the Royal Caribbean. Yeah. She was taking over for Bill Brunkhorst, so she just told the printer because uh, she took over. It's the first day. She goes, "Just we're going to use the, just change the date, and every time it says Bill, just put Karen." So, so the next day is like Karen W meeting. So it was like, <laughs> friends of Karen W, and her name, uh, her name was Karen Webb. I don't know yeah. by then, but anyway, that, it was funny. So people thought it was uh, Meet the Cruise Director. <laughs> you have to go back and listen to her story. She's hilarious, man. She was one of the no, first episodes was- we did. I think it's episode like two or three. Two or three, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she was, was hilarious. Yeah, but I, anyway. I loved her. She was my assistant uh, like on the Song of Mary before she did. Every single one of those cruise directors at Royal Caribbean, and not the new ones, but every single one of them, you know, was either my assistant or crew staff at one point, except for Ken Rush. Ken Rush, Ken Rush and I came up at the same time and he got cruise director first. So that was a competition we had had. Who's, who would you say is your one, two, three, four of the coolest co-cruise directors that you worked with? Well, I got to say, first of all, I worked at, again with at Jalesh with uh, Luke Aerosmith and James Andrews. I think it was kind of a shared suffering that we went through it in the, with that company. But those guys, they're my brothers now. And I had worked with James when he was crew staff. So we uh, had been friends with him forever. So I have to say those guys, I mean, I uh, Ken Rush, talk to him every once in a while, but, you know, I'll see him once every five years. And, you know, we came up together as crew staff and stuff. So he's one of my best friends. So he's one of those people, you know, you get together and, you know, no time has passed. Other cruise directors, uh, Kyle Dodson, I was real good buddies with. Mark Walker, uh, if you guys remember Matt Baker, a lot of old names out there. You know, when you were handed, oh, Jeff Arpin, I love Jeff Arpin. I got Jeff Arpin stories, Jeff Arpin and I were on Explorer of the Seas together for 9-11. That's when we bonded. I had It was my first big, big, big ship. And Explorer was pretty new and Adventure was coming out. And I was going to bring out the Adventure with Ken Rush. So I had a two-week handover with Jeff Arpin. We thought, okay, Jeff would be the cruise director for the first week and I would shadow him. I would take over and he would just kind of help me behind the scenes. So I took over the Explorer of the Seas on September 7th or September 8th. 2001. Well, everybody knows what happens halfway through that cruise. You know, we're pulling in St. Thomas and we start getting announcements that, you know, things are terror attacks happening in New York and Washington and everything. I lost all my entertainers. The comedian who did the beginning of the cruise had already gotten off and already got home to the airport before they shut down the airports. So I lost my comedian. So I, I have a farewell show coming up and I'm like, Jeff, you're funny. You're going to be my comedian. <laughs> and, and he panicked. He's like, I can get away. You know, if you work with Jeff Arpin, he would do like 20 minutes in the farewell show. And he, there were several shows doing that. He need he talk and do jokes for like 10 minutes. I said, just put it together make it like a 30 minute show. And he, he's like, yeah, but it's different. They know me as cruise director and they don't think I'm going to be funny. There'll be pressure if they think I'm going to be funny. And I'm not funny. 
you know, it'll be a different, it'll be a different dynamic. So he went out there the first farewell show and absolutely bombed. He absolutely bombed. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not doing the second show. Like, dude, you can't leave with it like a 10 minute farewell show. I said, why don't you just go out and tell him the circumstance? Say, you are normally a cruise director. This is the circumstance I handed up with Kirk. Kirk, you know, I was cruise director last week. So, so he set him up as the cruise director. He did the exact same cruise director jokes he ever did because they were looking at him as the cruise director. He killed. So, I mean, so uh, we'd still we'll kid about that. That's right? awesome. I would love to life. get him on here, but I can't get Where a hold of him. Where is Jeffrey Arpin these days? Do you know? He lives. He lives like twenty minutes from me here. Oh, really? He lives in Powell, Ohio, which is suburb of Columbus. Do you have yeah, contact with him? Yeah, I do. I think I have his phone number. Tell him I've been trying to get a hold of him, man. He was so cool. Is he still doing the college hunks and? Well, Colin well, Jones, you know, Colin he went Jones. back to, he, before COVID. He went back to Royal Caribbean. Oh, okay. He came out. I think he retired when he was fifty, and he. I think you know he did that for about eight or ten years, and I think he got bored because he went back before COVID. I remember him. I was at Silver Sea, and I think we connected somehow. And he's like, hey, "I'm back at Royal Caribbean." I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool." Well, we don't we don't know him very well, but there's been so many stories we, on this I podcast. Worked, I worked. With oh, him, you did uh, quite oh, a few okay. times. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. So I'm in the minority here, but. Um, but we we don't we don't have any contact information for him. But he has been mentioned on this podcast many 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 times. So we need to get him on here. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll contact him. Um, and I apologize for blowing you guys off for so long, because you you would write me on Instagram, and I look at Instagram like once every three weeks. So I'd be like, oh damn, I promised to do that show. Oh, that was like no. three days ago. So I hey, apologize. Don't worry, hey, Brad. Don't worry Brad about it. Is... I track people for months <laughs> yes. and yes, months. He does. He goes, he's he's our number one booker because I'm terrible at booking people. But Brad I, will just keep yeah, going. He'll, he'll keep going. I will bu- I will bulldog people for months. I'm still yeah. bulldogging people. I think I sent yeah. you a message on Facebook Messenger once or twice or maybe three times and <laughs> checking back in and stuff, and you're like, no, I'm moving to I'm moving to St. Martin. And when I get in St. Martin, I'll let you know. Um, I'm leaving St. Martin. I was like, okay, Brad, you're up. Hey, this is, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Like I started before and I didn't do a very, very good job of this, but um, you've been on ships for a long time. Is there anything that you want to leave us with? Like, as far as what kind of experience it's been, what kind of, um, what kind of advice that you might be able to pass along for someone that's maybe just starting their career or maybe, thinking about starting a career maybe how it's changed you well, or something i never never intended to to make it a career i started out you know going contract to contract and and then you know i got offered oh you come and be crew staff and then i fell into the cruise director position even then i said i'm going to do this one year save some money and then start my life you know one year turned into 35 and i have absolutely no regrets i think if i would have at the beginning said i'm going to do this uh, until 2020 I wouldn't have made. Um, I have so many great memories, so many great friends. That's the great thing about Facebook is I reconnected with these people from my early years of cruising. They, you know, they live around the world and you never see them again. But you know, and, and you know, I do Zoom calls with them. You know, get on Facebook. It might be a little rough now with COVID and and the restrictions they have, but uh, I, I recommend it to anybody. Anybody who has people skills and and a desire to travel and 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 a good thing is that you can. You know, we're joking about making ten dollars an hour, but you know, you, it's a really good way to save money because your room and board's included. You can you can pack it away. Yeah, I saved more money on there than I did for many, many years before and after. I didn't Just... save shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saved, well, uh, yeah. 
that's another podcast. I, yeah. I saved. Yeah. I, you know, I had, you know, I was in a, a, um, a, uh, what is it called? It wasn't really a Ponzi scheme. I was in a, oh, is this bing- uh, is this bingo? <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, yeah. It's I, an yeah. MLM scheme. Oh. Anyway, two, 2008 was not kind to me. And, and wow. my uh, broker went to prison for four years. Let's just say that. So I had to start over. Uh, Ow. Ouch. Yeah. And then COVID didn't help. So being unemployed yeah. for a while, but you know, whatever. It's only money. Do you still drive Uber? I do. You know, I don't need to, but I kind of enjoyed it. It's kind of a sick <laughs> thing. <laughs> plus, plus back, I came back to my hometown and, you know, all my friends from high school, only two or three of them live and they're all married and they have kids and grandkids. And, and the people I work with all have their, I don't really hang out with them. My friends, um, they're all like 70 and 80 years old and they go to bed at 8.30. If we don't have a show on the weekend, because we're doing nonprofit, we only maybe two weekends a, a, a month that we have a show. We do movies too, but I, I don't have to be there for that. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm Friday and Saturday, sometimes I Uber and it's just, you know, make a little extra money and it really just to get out of the house. I got I got a good venture for you. Look up my YouTube channel, The Nightly Driver. Oh, okay. I do I do a cash cab type of thing, a, a trivia game show where I make people do weird stuff and lights and camera and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I just do it for fun. Really. Well, on my bio, I like I write that I was a cruise director, and then because of COVID, I so people always and I forgot that I wrote that, and people always oh you're a cruise director because while they're waiting twenty minutes for you to get there, they like bored and so they <laughs> yep read your bio. Hey, Kurt, I have to thanks. have that conversation again. There you go. You're back, back to square one. <laughs> well, hey, thanks a lot, Kirk. We really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. No problem. It's yes, my pleasure. Thank you, Kirk. Thanks, nice, man. Appreciate nice it. Nice to meet you after. All right. Nice to meet years. you guys. <laughs> All right. Care. Thanks. Ciao, ciao. Right, we'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. Awesome. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I, I remember him. We were on the we were on the Viking Serenade. No, it wasn't. He didn't ever mention the song uh, in a way. Had to uh, be in the Vikings. There, uh, he his his face and his name is way too familiar. We had to work on ships together. I don't recognize his face, was, but I recognize his name for sure. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I didn't recognize his face either. I know I didn't work with him. And thirty five years. Wow, that's yeah. a long time, man. I mean, he he's I've probably seen. the longest right under. Uh, Gordon Watman and um, Paul Rudder. I mean, the three of them wrap out, you know, 75 years, 80 years on ships. Oh, yeah. At least. More than that. What was the name of that comedian? Um, Nick Lewin. You're right. You're right. right. Yeah. Nick Lewin. Yeah. He started in the early 70s as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Hey, we've had some old timers on here. Speaking of old timers, let's stop. (laughs) Hey, everyone. The ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!